Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? How is everyone? Let me be the first to wish you a happy first of December. Hope you're out there having a wonderful day, enjoying the holiday season, and for all of our friends in the U.S., we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving break. You and yours enjoyed the festivities. Welcome to the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. My name is Sean Oshadi, and thank you once again for starting your month here with us. I'm joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee, and AK. We are back at it again, my man. November is behind us. The final month of the year is ahead. It's the holiday season. It's year-end award season. It's Bryce Mitchell album drop season. It's just an incredible time of year. How are you feeling today, buddy? I'm feeling great. Thank, thank you, Heen, my man. Um, I I hope everyone in the U.S. did enjoy your weird American Thanksgiving. As I'm always telling people, we celebrated that business a month ago. Very strange uh, why you guys do it the way you do it, but that's fine. We just wedged Thanksgiving and Halloween together, and that's it. And then we, November is, is holiday-free, but uh, whatever. I know you guys like to make a big deal out of these things. So, uh, yeah, but I'm feeling good. Like I said, this is our last... Our last show of the year, our last uh, ranking show of the year. So uh, I wish there was more to talk about from November, but uh, we'll certainly have more to talk about later. There's a little tease for uh, <laughs> for our, our listeners. <laughs> yes. So as of course, you guys already know by now, but this show here is our once a month look at the MMA fighting global rankings. First Wednesday of every month, we're just taking you behind the curtain and letting you know where our heads are at with some of these decisions. And uh, AK, you alluded to it. Keeping with the holiday season, we have a special show here for you all today a fest of us for the rest of us oh. if you will uh <laughs> normally we like to bring in a few members of our rankings voting panel in the second half of the show do a little round table discussion a little internal dialogue about whatever was going on that month the biggest debates of the month this month though we're going big my friend we are making it a party six out of our eight panelists are going to be coming together old friends new friends uh and AK, this is either a terrible idea or a great idea. Do you, do you want to explain to the people what we're doing? 
Yeah, this will be the first annual and possibly last annual, if that's a thing, uh, airing of grievances slash what I am calling an ex- a free exchange of rankings, concepts, questions, suggestions, very, very friendly suggestions. Uh, you Almost know, like have, a more pointed senior uh, secret Santa, if you will. Sure, exactly. Sure, exactly. And, and nothing physical is actually being changed. Just just concepts and, and, and ideas, which is which is what I think we're all we're all great at. But uh, suffice to say, you know, we've been doing this for four months now officially for MMA fighting uh, this this rankings program, the rankings post. And we've had some internal disagreements, as you sort of mentioned, about uh, where certain people have placed certain people or not placed certain people. Uh, listeners and, and uh, readers have certainly had questions. So I think it's only fair that, uh, again, we all kind of sit down, have a nice family dinner theme, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and hash these things out. And by the end, we're all going to be so much closer for it. Oh my gosh! I, again, this is either the worst idea or the best idea. <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to go. Uh, I cannot wait, though. Uh, in the meantime, though, AK, let's go a couple quick rounds here to start off. As we do, let's have a little you and me time here. Look back at the biggest movers of November. Let's do a quick three rounds. All right. Round number one. Let's start here because AK. Last month we did not know how good we had it. There was movement galore all <laughs> over the divisional months or divisional ranks. Last time we were here this month, tons of big fights, tons of big results. We called it the biggest, busiest month yet. Uh, but October and November were very, very different because this past month, kind of basically the opposite. If we're being honest, there was plenty of great fights, tons of good action, but just not a lot of consequential outcomes when it came to what we're here to talk about, which is the actual rankings themselves. So AK, I throw it to you to start us off. Who did you feel like was the biggest riser or faller of November in your yes. eyes? Yeah, higher ranking fighters generally won most of the fights with a few notable ex- exceptions, uh, which pretty much we're going we're to cover all three of them because there, there was only like three. And uh, one of them wasn't even a winner. Uh, we it, But he, he definitely bears mentioning he kind of he reenters at a very high spot. Uh, if, if people don't know by now, of course, I'm talking about uh, El Pantera. Yair Rodriguez, uh, who had a great five-round fight with Max Holloway. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing fight. Uh, I think most people agreed Holloway won, but I certainly saw some uh, some uh, Rodriguez arguments out there. But regardless, uh, he only exited the rankings in the first place because of inactivity. I think most of us uh, had made up our minds ahead of time that he was going to re-enter the top 10 regardless if he won or lost. The only question was how high. He comes in at number five, uh, consensus, at number five. Uh, Sean, I believe you and I both placed him in that spot as well. Our top fours look a little different, but uh, we also both said five. And I think most people, I, I don't know if anyone went any higher than that uh, in their rankings. I'll, I'll check right now. But yeah, what, what did you think of, uh, of uh, Rodriguez coming back in the rankings like that? I was just so blown away by this whole situation. I mean, for, uh, for a guy like Yair to come in unranked, as you said, off of more than a two-year layoff, just sitting out there on the sidelines, missing all of this, the featherweight division moving on without him. And then to come in there and have that kind of performance that he had against a man who, I mean, we'll, we, we've debated it before, who's either the number one or the number two featherweight in the world, depending on how you see it. That is simply incredible to me. It makes me, it made me honestly pine for what we probably lost these last two years with no Yair Rodriguez, right? Because this man is just such a showman. He is such a fierce Fun competitor to watch. He's guaranteed excitement every time he steps in there. And as we saw with this one, man, 
He's not a he's not just some finesse fighter, right? Like he's not just some flashy guy. He's got plenty of that dog in him. And, and AK, you, you alluded to it. I mean, for us, Yair debuted this month at number five on the featherweight rankings for the site. Actually, six out of eight of the panelists, including you and I, voted him at number five. Mm-hmm. And that was usually behind some combination of Volkanovsky, Holloway, AJ McKee, Pitbull, and Brian Ortega. Uh, the other two voters, one had him at number seven, the lowest had him at number eight, and that was around right around that zombie, Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett region. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually proud of, proud of us for this one. This feels like one we actually got right as a team. One of those fights where the guy doesn't really lose much despite actually losing the fight, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people came into that fight with a, with an idea of who Yair Rodriguez was, and he maybe changed some minds and some hearts with just his performance and, and the losing effort there. Because it feels, it does feel... Like he fits now in exactly that next tier, whatever that next tier below Max Volkanovsky, AJ McKee is. Yair Rodriguez is in that tier and he might be the best fighter in that tier. We don't really know. Uh, So I have to ask you, I mean, quick question. Does this feel, was that your fight of the year? Like we've had a fairly ridiculous stretch here of late between that Chandler Gaethje, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega. Like where did, where did that fight sit for you? I I mean, I'm going with Gaethje Chandler. I think the, the visceral, thrill of it and I think I like that it was a three rounder I know uh, when it comes to these end of the year things five rounders generally dominate the charts but I like that it was a three rounder I think Michael Chandler himself said like man uh, if it had gone five rounds it might have been a very different fight just because we might not have put it all out there uh, in the first two rounds like we did you know at at 268 so I I think that's totally true they they completely threw all well it's funny you know uh, we say they threw um, sort of all care to the wind which isn't true there was a lot of technical like if you watch that fight again, I was just watching it closely uh, this past weekend. There's so much st- technical stuff still going on there up until the end when you know uh, Chandler's just dropping his arms and telling him to bring it on. But through the first two rounds, the first two and a half rounds, man, it is it is a great technical brawl. Guys, they're still they're still using combinations, they're still using feints, um, and they're just landing all these clean shots, and it's and it's just awesome. So th- that that to me probably my, my fight of the year for now. Would you say Rodriguez Holloway is number two or number three? Ooh, I, I think I agree. With, list, I, it's in the top I think three. I agree with you that Chandler Gaethje. That for me is still number one. Just like the the endless tension that you sort of had throughout it of all fifteen minutes, just knowing that at any moment this thing is just going to pop off the rails, and usually was. You said was that number two, Rodriguez Holloway for you? I don't know yet. I feel like I need to watch Czech Congo and Sergey Karatanov again, when I'll, <laughs> and I'll get back to you. And by the way, I'm only being like half sarcastic. I think that's I, a that, great fight. That, that's one like one of the most. That's like maybe the most. One of the most memorable fights of the year. Just, I think the surprise factor as well. Yeah, most you know, surprising when, fight of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. Sure. When we when we see Czech Congo fights, great great fighter, very accomplished. Not always the most exciting guy, um, but that one was wild. I did not expect to be talking about Czech Congo on this podcast. I love it. Uh, let's move on. Round number two, and this was the other biggest mover on the hmm. men's side this month. Sean Brady. And this is an interesting case because this is a gentleman now who's 5-0 and in the UFC after this really hard-fought decision over Michael Chiesa, who came in to that fight as our number eight welterweight. And now, as such, Brady vaults from unranked into that number eight spot in this welterweight pecking order. Uh, and he was someone who our panel really didn't know what to do with, if we're being all honest. All over the place. He was all over the place. All over the board here. I mean, some <laughs> had him as high as number seven, and then some had him as low as almost double that at number 14. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you don't mind me revealing this, you actually had him the lowest on your list I of did. anyone by like a fairly mm-hmm. decent margin. I had him coming in at number 10, and you had him in that 14 spot. AK, why do you feel like we were so split as a team on Sean Brady? Like, what are we so unsure of, and how did he end up oh, boy. where he ended up for you? 
I mean, that's easy. This this was the perfect storm of uh, where how how high do you think of uh, Michael Chiesa's wins at 170 so far? And also, what did you think of the result of the fight, which was, uh, you know, I think Brady clearly won the first two rounds. And then uh, well, some people didn't. Some people thought Chiesa won the second round. I, I don't agree, but uh, I would have had a two rounds to Brady. Most people had that way. But Chiesa very clearly came on strong in the third and exposed a lot of uh, Brady's holes, which is fine because Brady, again, is, is inexperienced compared to a lot of guys so it was to be expected so um yeah i i, I should mention though i had brady the lowest we actually had one panelist who ranked Kesa higher than brady so i i simply bumped brady and Kesa down i think others just gave brady case spot and then some some did a mixture but I, I, that's kind of why it was both who have they both fought um and also again how did the fight actually go so I don't blame anyone for ranking him again as high as seven. I certainly uh, won't apologize for ranking him at at 14th and just on the fringe of the rankings. I'm a huge Sean Brady fan. I think he's a future uh, champion, uh, definitely a world title contender. But I do think he, some things were exposed here, and I would I did knock him down behind some more uh, some more veteran names. It's almost as did you feel like you came away from that fight, even though it was a win, almost having his stock take stock taking a hit. Like, it almost feels like you're lower on Sean Brady now than you were before that fight, even though he won. See, but I'm not because he wasn't. I mean, technically, he wasn't in my top 15. So he did. move up. He still moved up my rankings. He moved into 14. Uh, If anything, I like that. Look, you have to win these ugly ones sometimes. Everyone has these. GSP, the first fight with uh, with BJ Penn to this day, people still say uh, Penn won that one. But, you know, on the scorecards, the way MMA is judged. George St. Pierre was the winner. This is the same way. It's like, did Brady win a, a, a fight, a pride rules fight? Or even again, even if you if you scrutinize the, the second round more, could you have found a, a way to give it to Kiesa? Uh, certainly. So but but did he win an MMA? Did he win an MA fight? Did he win the rounds? Yeah, he did it. He did enough. So for me, that's great. I think that's exciting for him. But I also think it gives us a better gauge of where he is. I don't see him as a top 10 guy yet, um, but I think he certainly will be by the end of uh, 2022 with the right booking. I agree with you in one aspect of that. I felt like I came away from that fight not maybe not believing in Sean Brady less, but I certainly feel like maybe his his climb up this division will be slower than I think a lot of people were forecasting. Right. Because he did come in undefeated prospect. He mm-hmm. looked spectacular up to that point. And then this was kind of that wall where you hit that wall and it's like, OK, like we sort of reached maybe your current level. And obviously this guy has tons of potential, but maybe right now this is sort of where you fit in this division. That's kind of like where how this one felt for me, because you're right. We did have even one person rank uh, Michael Chiesa above Sean Brady. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that he just felt that Michael Chiesa won that fight in, that in his won, eyes, yeah. um, sure. which I mean, that's that's I wouldn't agree, but it's not the the craziest thing I've ever seen. But in the meantime, let's move on. Let's hit round number three. And to do that, we move over to the women's side of the game. The biggest mover on our women's list this month. Uh, and we have to jump over to 125 pounds. Talia Santos. Am I am I saying that right? Is that Talia? Tyla. It's Tyla. 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 Thank you so much. Yeah. You're here to check Everyone's me on this. Everyone's calling her Talia. Everyone's calling her Talia. <laughs> I, I I grew up watching the animated Batman series, and I just saw <laughs> right. that the name Talia is always in my head. Talia from Al Ghul. Yes. And there you go. Perfect. Um, right. By the way, that's on Disney Plus, and it's still a great re- rewatch. It's the best cartoon ever. Dude, it's the best cartoon ever. In my head, forever will be one of, like the imagery, the aesthetic of like. Have you seen the episode where uh, I think it's the Riddler, and there's like a Minotaur maze. 
Oh, so good. That is that episode is just in my head, the aesthetic of it for my entire life. I have that's no how idea I learned, why. That's how I learned the quickest point between two things is a straight line. <laughs> I, I honestly did not know that before that. I just watched that show. Uh, it's good stuff. You guys should check it out if you haven't. Um, it's nice to, to relive that nostalgia. But in the meantime, Tyla, Tyla, I'm getting that mm-hmm. right. Tyla Santos. Santos. Yeah. She jumps from number 12 all the way to number eight. On yeah. the 125 list after just steamrolling through Joanne Wood and less than a round. And now we're kind of in an interesting place because that's four in a row now for Santos in the UFC after losing that debut of hers. And there's some good names if you look in that run, right? It's it's a Roxanne Montefiore in there. You got a Molly McCann in there, Jillian Robertson. These are not bad names to have on this resume already that she's building. And AK, I mean, this we this one was kind of an example where we all saw it the same. Everyone in the eight-person panel had Santos somewhere in that six to nine range at 125. You actually had her all the way at number six. I had her at number nine. We were kind of hitting both ends of the spectrum there. But the thing is, when it comes to 125 pounds, the conversation inevitably will always turn back to one thing, right? It's Valentina (laughs) Shevchenko. It's her division, and she rolls it with an iron hand, and all roads forever lead to her. And we've seen it a thousand times before. When you're in a division with this all-consuming, ultra-overwhelming, and just dominant champion... It can be really this double-edged sword because when there's no viable contenders sitting around because the champions have already beaten them, that path to a title can be an expedited one. But it also means you may not get that title shot when you're actually ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, AK, if you look at this landscape right now, there's really nobody else new at 125 pounds. Is Santos going to fight for a title in her next two fights? Is she ready for that? And do you feel like she stands even any sort of chance against this look. champion? It, it could be her next one. I mean, it could be the next fight. Look, it's it's almost silly that we mentioned Tyler Santos last because she could be getting a title shot before Sean Brady, uh, certainly before Sean Brady and uh, and possibly before your year, year Rodriguez as well. So, I mean, I know that sounds crazy to people who who uh, maybe the, the Joanne Wood win was the first time that she really landed on their radar. But as you said, they built her up the right way. You know, first two people around her range, uh, Molly McCann, Jillian Robertson, then uh, two veterans, Roxanne Mataferi, Joanne Wood, and now who knows what's next. But if Valentina Shevchenko says, all right, this Nunez trilogy bout isn't happening or vice versa, Nunez, let's say, beats Juliana Pena and says, I still don't care about uh, doing Shevchenko, uh, the trilogy bout just yet. And Shevchenko says, look, I want to fight in February or March. I want a title fight. I want to keep going. They're going to have to pick somebody. And it's going to be either Tyler Santos or maybe Andrea Lee. And I think most people would put Santos above Lee, uh, except for the name value. Obviously, Andrea Lee, a little bit more well-known. But yes, this is it's as crazy as it sounds. Tyler Santos could be the number one contender. I would like to see her fight a Jessica Andrade or a Caitlin Jukagian first, get through one of those two elite, uh, we don't even say gatekeepers. They're like literally right in front of the Shevchenko door. Um, they've beaten everybody else. But I would like to see Santos fight one of them. I, I like her chances against Chukagian. I think that'd be a great matchup. Uh, I know Chukagian is already booked, but uh, maybe the winner of the Chukagian-Maya rematch, Santos gets them and then gets Shevchenko. But again, the champ uh, dictates her time and the UFC loves a busy champion. Valentina loves to fight it could be Santos next uh, uh, first quarter of 2022. It's not even crazy to say. Not at all. It's not. It's not. It's well within the realm of possibility. And at the, it's kind of a weird situation because Santos is almost at Valentina's mercy right now, right? Like she's almost on Matt Valentina's timeline. Because if you look, the only women that ranked ahead of her in the other rankings out there, the UFC rankings, are Jennifer Maya, Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Chukagian, and Jessica Andrade. 
And you probably already know this, but that's literally the last four people Valentina's beaten. <laughs> like, that's it. The time is coming soon. And if Valentina wants to fight and defend this title and just demands that the UFC book her a fight, regardless of whether or not Santos thinks she's ready for it, she's that next name up in the list. It, it, this might be the first thing that we're seeing in the 125 division come 2022, which I don't know if she's ready for that, but... I, I can't lie. I'm, I'm intrigued by the matchup. She feels like she brings something a little different to a Shevchenko challenger than than we've seen before. It's it's as sellable a fight as a Shevchenko fight gets. Uh, that's all I'll say outside outside of the Nunez trilogy belt or I like mean, a Jessica Andrade or someone with like name sure. value like that. Yeah. I, I think like this way. I think Santos. I think there'd be a lot of respect for her. Uh, relatively speaking, I think she'd be no more than a plus like 350 on eh, 400 400 underdog i think i think which I could be wrong fairly respectable for a, a valentina fight compared to other her other <laughs> people who fire yes <laughs> we'll see we shall see as we said the time is probably coming soon regardless of whether or not uh tyla out there thinks she's ready for it in the meantime ak that has been three rounds those are the movers and shakers of november and it's time we're going to take a quick break and then the first annual airing of grievances shall commence. Let us try not to get anyone fired, please. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. We are back. Joining us now, it's the whole crew. It's a party. Six out of eight of our esteemed ranking panelists are here, returning to the show. Damon Martin, Jed Mashu, Mike Heck, and making his first appearance, E. Casey Layden. Big thanks to all you guys for jumping on here today. So I'm a little scared right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous with what we've brought into the world here, AK. The general idea, just a general idea for the audience of what we're doing here, some ground rules. We've been doing these rankings now for about five months, almost half a year. Uh, And I feel like it's really brought us together, you know? It's brought us together for these sort of monthly debates. It's been a lot of fun. sparked a lot of fun conversations. So in the spirit of the holidays, we thought, hey, why not do a little supersized roundtable here? Our version of a little Secret Santa gift exchange. Only instead of the gifts, this is our chance to air whatever grievances may have built up over this last half year within these rankings. Uh, so we're going to do this like this. Everybody has come prepared. Everyone has one or two names they have singled out. One or two little beefs they want to ask someone about. Why is this guy so high on your rankings? Why is this guy so low? Uh, we're going to take turns going around the room. A little friendly, again, friendly exchange of ideas, questions. We're going to try to keep this civil. Let's try not to hurt anyone's feelings. Let's try not to get anyone fired. This is either a very, very terrible idea or maybe it'll work. Uh, I suppose we're about to find out. And so with that, let us begin the first annual MMA Fighting Rankings Committee airing of grievances, a.k.a. the so-called Prince of Positivity. Would you like to start us off? 
The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You. Uh, as we said before the break, Sean, uh, Heen, uh, airing of grievances slash exchange, free exchange of ideas, suggestions, questions, general goodwill. Uh, yes, I will start. I will start, of course, uh, as he suspected, as he suspected, uh, we were a little, little off air chatter. Uh, my 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 good uh, misfist partner and a longtime acquaintance, uh, Jed Kamishu, a, bril- a brilliant man who uh, has done some shuffling of his rankings. Uh, anyone with a keen eye uh, looking at uh, this month's rankings post will see uh, a, a scattering of votes uh, uh, for other fighters that maybe didn't make the rankings but weren't mentioned in previous articles. Uh, Jed, you seem to have found a newfound love for uh, one championship. I would like to know how much are you being paid to vote for some of these fighters? <laughs> and uh, what, uh, or, or perhaps more indirectly, what has inspired this, uh, this inclusion of some of these names? Uh, namely, uh, the outstanding Rainier de Ritter, who is in, in both ranked at uh, your middleweight and light heavyweight, but um, various other names are in there as well. So what, why all the one championship love all of a sudden? Well, as we all know, one championship makes billions of dollars a year, and they have been so gracious as to, to give me some of that oh to my try gosh. and get them a little shine here. Uh, no, I, you know, I was on last month. I... I got it handed to me pretty heavily for ranking Corey Anderson very low, which (laughs) honestly, as, as we go back to it, I still don't think I was that far off, but I had, I made some adjustments and I was going through it. I just kind of decided, eh, why don't we, why don't we retool this from top to bottom? I'm still not sure I figured out the formula exactly what I'd like to do, but as I was looking at it, uh, I, I drew inspiration from everybody else because, you know, we've all decided apparently, and by all, I mean most of our panel has decided that Roush Monfio is one of the 15 best lightweights in the world because he won the PFL, which is objectively insane, but a number of people decided, ah, eh. and clearly the obvious point there is, ah, eh, let's give a little love to some of the other organizations, the champions, people doing good things there. And so I decided, you know what? I can't in good conscience put Roush Monfio over 30 other sensational lightweights, but light heavyweight and middleweight are pretty bad divisions, and uh, Rainier de Ritter is dope. Guy can grapple his ass okay. off. <laughs> so I was like, like objectively, I will hand up and say he is probably not one of the 15 best light heavyweights in the world. You ranked but- him! <laughs> But I did. Well, he has, ranked, he you had him at seven. You have him at seven, seven in middleweight. <laughs> no, I, I said light heavyweight. At middleweight, I think he could legitimately, like, he's legitimately okay. a top 10 middleweight. Okay, okay. A light okay. heavyweight, I have him ranked at light heavyweight as well. Sure. He is not, he's probably not actually one right. of the 15 best. Though I wouldn't be shocked because, again, that, that division is trash. But he's got a belt and other people are doing wild stuff. I thought it'd be a lot cooler and more interesting to, instead of rewarding people like Jorge Masvidal, who doesn't have any good wins in his division for losing to the champion and letting him stick around. Let's reward some of these young up-and-comers, some guys who are probably going to, we're going to be talking about or who have titles in other divisions or other, not not divisions, sorry, other organizations. Mm-hmm. And so I got a little wild with it and I, I stand by it. Okay, dope. <laughs> He's great. I don't want to get stuck on this because Jed, Jed by the oh by the way, I should have mentioned at the top. After you get picked out, then it is your turn to to do a call out. So Jed, you will get a chance to uh, call someone out next. But I specifically, 
Uh, you put you have Arjun Bular, a proud Canadian who, I, who I'm very fond of, at uh, 13. You're the only guy to rank Arjun. You have him above uh, Marchin Tabora, which I think is absurd. Um, two questions: Why is Bular so high? Two, without looking, can you name a person that Arjun Bular beat besides uh, Brandon Vera? <laughs> oh, what? Well, yeah, because in the UFC he beat Luis Enrique. Um, I don't know who. Okay, I sorry. Since the, the UFC, since in one, in one. He's fought like one time in one, and it was Brandon Vera. And and yet and yet is the thirteenth ranked heavyweight above Martin Tabura, who's like five and one since that in that time. Yeah, look, I'm not. Uh, where would one, you have? Where would you have Brandon Vera? Oh, Brandon, Brandon Vera is not in it. But here, I will also you know <laughs> I take you behind how the how the sausage is okay. made. Tell us, please, I, please. Because I, I wanted very very seriously when I was re kind of re-looking at all of it i wanted to just go whole hog into who ordering them who i think would beat each other but then that sort of got insane to me to be like ah oh, <laughs> i have the second best welterweight in the world or whatever so you I have your limits you have your limits you have your limits yeah okay i couldn't in good conscience do it so i sort of settled on <laughs> if there was a very clear ah this guy beat this guy and we can mma math it or one resume is obviously like substantially better than the other I I tended towards that, but then I also just let if I if the two guys were going to fight, who I think would beat the other one up, I let that take a lot more precedence. And Arjun Buller can fight like like he's not a great fighter, but this dude has an incredibly accomplished wrestling background. And I don't know, like if you want to tell me that Marcin Tabura is better than Arjun Buller, cool, but like. You also can't be that confident. That's not a passionate argument anybody's making. Yeah. I would yeah, make a passionate argument. I would make a passionate argument. Tabora's not going to get laid on for 15 minutes. He I, totally freaking could. Like it's, <laughs> I just right, think well, his, Tabora's resume is so much stronger. But let me just say, that's let, the first time I've ever heard Jed say the words, I can't in good conscience do something. Good conscience has never dictated this man's <laughs> behavior before. So I'm very impressed. Uh, but yes, I, I'm it, ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. It was legitimately Hamzat Shemaev. I didn't want to rank him number two <laughs> because then I thought everyone would just start fighting me. So it's like, all right, fine. I feel like you kind of cheated a little bit there, AK. You maybe got a two for one in to start us off. I, I monopolized a little bit, but now Jed, please. Let's hear yourself. Oh. So I have the same beef with everybody in a number of ways, but here's how I'm gonna I'm gonna go. It's it's just the one beef. But Sean Alshadi, why don't you stand oh, up? Oh, let's do it. Um, and <laughs> you, or I'm coming at you instead of Ek Sliden because uh, Casey is gonna be judging a BTL contest of mine later this week, and I don't want to I want to make enemies across platforms. But uh, if you could go to your featherweight rankings and justify how you have Max Holloway, a man who has lost twice to Alexander Volkanovsky, above Alexander Volkanovsky, a man who just won maybe the fight of the year, and again, has two wins over Max Holloway, that would be sensational if you could tell me, uh, just just explain to me why I should with have pleasure. gone with whoever we think should win, because results don't mean anything to this ranking panel. We've already done this once, Jed, but I'm happy to do this with you again. With pleasure, I will do this. Uh, you you cite Alexander Volkanovsky's recent win. It was a great win. As you said, one of the fights of the year. Who was that win over? Brian Ortega. Who else beat Brian Ortega in a much, much more convincing fashion? 
Max Holloway. Boom. There you go. Max Holloway also, in my opinion, and I believe at least one other man opinions, uh, one other man's opinion on this little panel we're doing, uh, he won that second fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. And I think right now, if Max Holloway was thrown up against any featherweight in the world, he would beat that featherweight, including the champion Alexander Volkanovsky. I feel very strongly that if they fight for a third time, which they probably will, Max is going to win that fight and vindicate the two of us who are still on Max Island. There you go. That's it. I feel I feel I'm, strongly in this. I mean, that's okay. It's okay to have wrong opinions. I, from time to time, have had them. I just want you to say the words that results do not matter. Because as soon as everyone acknowledges that, I will go off the reservation and all my rankings will be on my feels and what I think should or could happen and not what the two fight outcomes were. So if you could just say that, I got no beef with anybody and my December rankings are going to be awesome. What matters is your eyes, Jed. Your eyes. And my eyes saw Max Holloway win that fight. My eyes can look at Wikipedia right now and tell you that your eyes were wrong. <laughs> I mean, my eyes can <laughs> look up MMA decisions. My eyes can look up MMA decisions and see that most people seem to agree with me. Go ahead, Casey. Oh, please, Casey, get in here. You're, oh, no, no, you are no. equally no. as culpable. <laughs> Oh no, uh, my eyes just see bullshit. <laughs> the results don't um, results don't matter. Results are the results are three subjective decisions by three dudes around the cage. Everything in here is subjective, and that's why I think the yeah the results of the fight don't have to necessarily dictate the ranking. Awesome. I love the results don't matter. I can't wait to have Hamzat Shmaev as the top alterweight in December. This is going to be the best. This empty threat that you've been making for several months now. I really, I take great pleasure. Don't tempt him. Don't tempt him. Did anyone, wait, Jed, how did you score Holloway Volkanovsky? No, we've already done this though. We don't. I don't feel like we, we mentioned need to this, do this already. Again. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Um, oh, I, I think I think I scored at Holloway on the first watch. You but did. Yeah. Okay. On, on okay. Rewatch, well, there you go. On rewatch, I think, and <laughs> even if even if I did score it again, I'm trying to live at least by some some code of ethics that results do in fact matter. But apparently they don't. This is awesome. I got no problems with anybody now. Bring on the hate <laughs> towards me, guys. I'm ready. I'll defend all my positions. <laughs> Uh, well, so I'll, I'll take the floor now. And I, for me, I'm turning to two men. Uh, and I hate to do this to you gentlemen because I love you guys. But Damon and AK, are you really telling me that the man who's about to defend his Bellator bantamweight title, Sergio Pettis, here this weekend, that he is not one of the best 15 bantamweights in the world? Because this is insane to me that neither of you have Damon, him even on the list. Damon, take oh, it away. No way. No way. Not even on the Please. list. And to mention, I, I the man he's fighting, also, I have to add, the man he's fighting, you guys have him ranked 14th and 15th, respectively, Horiguchi, as barely a top 15 bands in weight. This is insane to me. Please Holy just moly. tell me about this. Well, yeah, okay, this first off, Horiguchi is the real Bellator champion. Let's just go ahead and put that to the side for a moment, because he never lost the title. Uh, let's talk matter. about... Let's talk about let's talk about uh, Sergio Pettis, the bantamweight. Uh, his impressive wins in Bellator, of course. Juan Archuleta, Ricky Bendejas, great. Alfred Kashakian, sure. Uh, outside of that, he has a loss to Rob Font, pretty convincing loss to Rob Font. Uh, his bantamweight record goes beyond just his few wins in Bellator. He he was not a convincing bantamweight in the UFC. So we have a bigger body of work for for Sergio Pettis than just his three fights in Bellator. And while I think the Archuleta win is definitely a good win. He lost win. one fight in the UFC as a bantamweight. But he also only had like three or four fights, and, and, and none of them were great fights. He had the one fight that was actually against a ranked opponent, and Rob Font beat him convincingly. Uh, he had three fights in Bellator 
Alfred Kashaki, no one's going to tell me that's a, that's a win that you're going to put on your record and say, man, I can't believe you beat Alfred Kashaki. Good job, man. Ricky Bendejas is a solid prospect. Again, not a ranked guy, not, and he's lost to a lot of good competition. Juan Archuleta is the one good win he has, but again, Archuleta, when you look at his record overall, for all those big wins he had in a row, his biggest, most convincing win on there is Patchy Mix. And again, Patchy Mix, great prospect. He's kind of on that cusp of that top 15, that top at that top of the list right there, but he beat him. Then he lost to Sergio. So I'm still like, I'm still not sure where Archuleta fits into this mix because I've never been completely sold on him as this incredible, you know, bantamweight prospect. He's, he's always been a guy who's fought okay talent. And then he, he had his big win over Patchy, which was great, but Patchy's not that guy quite yet either. Patchy's been a prospect a lot of the way. So well, I think if, if Pettis beats Horiguchi, sure. I'll put him in the rankings because Horiguchi, I have at number 14, but just being champion, that can't you've got to have more than just a, a title belt to, to to justify a ranking. And and when you look at Sergio Pettis, I think he's a great I think he's a a, a, a good fighter, a very good fighter. Bantamweight is just incredibly deep, and he just doesn't have any wins on his resume that tell me that if you put him back in the UFC right now and you match him up against a lot of the guys who who are established band weights, I wouldn't pick him to win most of those fights. And then you base it on mm. resume. He doesn't have the resume. Okay. What is it? And, and, and Sean, I, look, Sean, just to be clear, he also has a, a very long ago bantamweight loss to Alex Caceres. Uh, he was a well, baby back then. Was, but sure, well, we can say. Yeah, you said, we can you count said, that you, if you want. I you only had one. UFC okay, lost sure. Bandit. We're counting okay. things yeah, that Rob happened Bott, seven years ago. Sure. Rob Bott lost to Des Green. So <laughs> thank you, Casey. Rob Bott, so best bantamweight in the Rob world. Has way also, side December rankings has also like way more like made up for those that lost way more at okay, 135. So you know. speaking of that, let me just name a few things that you say that are on uh, Sergio Pettis's resume that you say isn't very good. Sergio Pettis currently has. A a win, it's a different division, but a win over the current UFC flyweight champion, Brandon Moreno. Okay. It's a different division. Okay. Again, I, I qualified it with that. Uh, he has a win over Joseph Benavides before Joseph Benavides really started slipping. And he has a win over Juan Archuleta, who I know you mentioned him, but Juan Archuleta is a very, very good fighter. Super like, if good. nothing else, those three wins should put Sergio Pettis in the top 15. No. Sergio but that's is, just a top, is a top 10 flyweight. He's not a top 15. He's not a top 15 bandwagon. He's a top 10 flyweight. I agree. Instantly, instantly, I put him back in there if he drops back down. You he's not personally, a top. okay, here, here, here's where we go, Sean. Can I you, ask a you have, well, Can I throw this out there real quick? You have Sergio, can I tell you, we're going with what we have ranking, right? Because yeah, you have Sergio ranked at number at number eight. You don't have Archuleta ranked. If Archuleta's so good, why is he not in your top 15? Well, so I have Sergio at nine, uh, but nine, I, I did have Archuleta ranked at the time which Sergio fought him. But I'm saying if Archuleta is this incredible bandsweight talent, why isn't it? Because that's where yeah, you qualify. One, one, what, loss what, what, bumps him, one loss bumps him all the way out of the rankings. That's how like that's how good he is. <laughs> Sean, can I defend you? Because I have a defense for you. Yeah, jump in. Absolutely. Jump in, please. <laughs> One, because as as people have been wont to say a lot, Bantamweight is a phenomenally deep division. I don't I don't love either of your rankings, frankly, AK or Damon. Uh, but I, I, under, <laughs> I understand them, but I guess my question is and this it's a genuine question, not trying to be snotty or whatever. Mm-hmm. How much are you factoring in like whether they'd win now? Because you 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 both have a lot of dudes who accomplished stuff like six years ago yes. who are who are washed as shit right now. So like Frankie Edgar, Rafael Asuncio. Yes. If Kyoji uh, Horaguchi fought Dominic Frankie Cruz. Edgar right now, Kyoji Horaguchi wins in a wash. 
Yeah, like Marlon Marais, like Pedro Munoz isn't washed. Why did you pick like, Frankie of all got, people, Sean? How dare you? Because you have look, him at number 10, AK. Yeah. He's still up there. I. That's the thing. I Like I'm saying, I get your rankings, but it's. I just want to know how much you're factoring in if they fought tomorrow versus resume. Because definitely if less. It's purely than, on, if it's purely on resume, less. I'm still not sure that your rankings, like, or like that, it feels a little disrespectful. Well, to if, if we're going to be at least well, get if we're, it, if we're going to be hypothetical, I, I think I think Frankie Edgar would would have done great against a lot of the competition that Kyoji beat. You, you think I don't favor Frankie Edgar against Darian Caldwell, Ben Gwynn, Hiromasa? We could like I don't. In, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I do I don't. not. Darian Caldwell. <laughs> I like I like Darian Caldwell. How is he like a dain a, a like a, a two to Frankie's one favorite 40. against Frankie Edgar? Because it's not 2014 Frankie's anymore. 40. He was in the Marlon Vera fight and he got smoked and he got smoked but he was in the fight he's been in every fight you can't tell me yeah. like well well not the Corey Sanhagen one but well I, I, Ma- I'm not Marlon Vera is he was in the Marlon Vera fight I have Vera ranked 14 my big question is just obviously you're banking it on resume and so resume, then I would yeah. ask you both uh why Aljamain Sterling's resume isn't better than Peter Jan's <laughs> okay. both both from an actual nuts and bolts wow. because Sterling has more wins over currently ranked Bantamweights than Jan sure. does and including a win over Jan again but I, already ex- I already explained Sterling's gonna be out for matter? a long time I, no right. well, hold on Jan- I explained that la- I explained that last month Sterling's gonna be out for a long time I he cannot sit on that spot for the next like eight months he just can't it, it, I just can't, I can't Jan- do it Peter Jan just convincingly beat the guy who I thought was the actual best bantamweight in the UFC when he just four rounds to one beat Corey Sanhagen. That win is are more you? impressive. And I understand I understand Aljamain has are a win over Corey Sanhagen. But Corey Sanhagen, Corey Sanhagen, what he's done in his last couple fights after that, knocking out Edgar and beating TJ Dillashaw, which he absolutely beat TJ Dillashaw, uh, he had a more impressive uh, performance going that. Now, going back to what's most important here, I will justify and say resume is still most important to me. It's never... While I do rank some guys based on wins along with potential or law, wins along with performance, things like that, resume still matters most. And and at the end of the day, that's my issue with Sergio. I, he just doesn't have now. If he beats Horiguchi this weekend, my opinion will change because Horiguchi is more established. Yes, I have Horiguchi at fourteen. Horiguchi at fourteen for me isn't about. He doesn't have quality wins. It's just about he's been out for so long and other guys have come along and had better performances since then. But you're talking about Frankie Edgar, and I don't want to turn this into an Edgar conversation. Everyone here has Sergio, has uh, has, uh, Pedro Munoz ranked around 7, 8, 9, 10, right around there. Edgar beat him two fights ago. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he got smoked. That was a relatively controversial decision. It was close enough. It wasn't a robbery. Also, uh, I do so not have Munoz well, ranked, by the way. Okay, well, fair, so, enough, so fair is, enough. So is Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. You're dying on that hill saying Max won that fight. That was a close fight. Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, okay. Oh, let's, let's, I, I'm going okay. to grab, Sean, I'm gonna grab hold of the reins of the show right Sean, now. Please, Sean, we need to move on. We're spending I, too long I, on we, this. But I, have, I have a quick question, though, by the, by the Archer letter mm-hmm. thing. It's mm-hmm. mainly for Damon. You keep saying no quality wins, no quality wins. Is there such thing as a quality win outside of the UFC? Absolutely there is. Who? Absolutely there is. I, mean, we, we, I, mean, I said he had one quality win. He has Patchy Mix, but Patchy Mix is another okay. guy who's on so, that cusp of the top 15. Bellator's, Bellator's Bantamweight so, division is solid. It's not great. It's got They've got good talent in there, but there's just no 
established guys. They're starting to build it. Sergio Pettis being there is one. Kyojo Horiguchi is another. I think Patchy Mix has all the potential in the world. But again, you've got to build that resume. And right now, none of these guys really have that deep of a resume of quality wins. Kyoji has the biggest resume of anybody, considering what he did in Ryzen and then whatever he did to Darian Caldwell. But if he goes out and beats Pettis, I'll probably jump him up a few spots because, yes, he's been out for whatever it's been now, a year and a half or however long he's been out. But beating a Sergio Pettis along with the rest of his resume would move him up. But again, Archuleta, he's not about, I'm not, I'm not knocking him saying he's a terrible fighter. He's not. I just don't think he's one of the 15 best bantamweights in the world. And when you look at our rankings, most everybody agrees with that. Even the guy who's arguing with me and Sean Alshadi saying this win by Sergio Pettis is so great, yet he doesn't even have Archuleta ranked now. Again, I did at the time they fought, but we spent way too long on this. So Damon, the floor is yours. <laughs> Call someone out. All right, let's uh, let's go back to Mister uh, Mister Casey Layton over here because uh, he's gonna, he is not he, he is not he is not he is not judging my BTL this week, so I have no problem going after him. Uh, I would really like to discuss your welterweight rankings because you have Kamara Usman number one. Now that we all agree oh, on, yeah. that's completely across the board. Oh, you have Yor- this is a good you have, one. You, you have Yaroslav <laughs> Amosov, the welterweight champion number two. You have Covington. Colby Covington, number three. You have Douglas Lima on three straight losses to welterweight at number four. And you have Michael Venom Page, who I have gone on record numerous times my issues with his resume, the guy who just beat Douglas Lima at number 15. So let me also throw in, before you jump in, Casey, that four of us have Douglas Lima off our list entirely. <laughs> Oh, oh, Lima. Oh, that's just that's just a copy and paste typo. That's all that is. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Good okay. answer. Now we've seen how the sausage is made. You know what? We want to see how the sa- sometimes that it's made just... sloppily. Sometimes see the next, sausage. See you next month, everybody. I was on vacay. I was on vacay when I, I was on vacay when that fight happened. This is two months in a row of Douglas Lima being four. Is this really a copy and paste thing? But you also have Lima. Yeah, yeah. Oh and this God. is also, and I know this is a Bellator thing, and it sounds like I'm just, I am, Jeez. yes, I am taking shots at Bellator, but you also have Jason Jackson at 14. I like Jason Jackson. I like Jason Jackson. Jackson. No, 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 Jason Jackson, no, that, that's legit. Jason, Lima, like Lima, 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 no, no, I have no appreciation Jason Jackson. We can't derail from, I want, I want to address that on my side, Lima thing, because that's the real meat of this. Can you please explain the Amasoft Lima? Two yeah, and four. please. Amosov and Lima no, number no, two and no, four, please. No, no, I missed I missed the Lima page fight. I was I sure. was I, I was on a beach. Okay. You you <laughs> that, are single handedly keeping Douglas Lima in our rankings, I think, with how high you rank. <laughs> but you, but you, okay, now yeah. again, kind of like with the, with the featherweight thing. But, 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 but after that, after that, I stand by everything. So the Amosov, please. Yeah. Yeah, what about you think he's the best second best welterweight in the world? Yes. Based on what? Yes. Based on how, because he's a dominant, freaking, boring ass wrestler. And that's what wins in MMA. His dominant split decision win over Logan Storley, that's dominant? That was a dominant win? (laughs) Over another really strong wrestler, yeah. Style wise, yeah. Logan Storley was a NCAA <laughs> All American like four times. Out wrestling him is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it, it was, it was. No, a, not, yeah. So, so, I, so I don't, I, I don't know what the issue. He, Logan no, Storley's no. twelve and one. His only loss is a very close fight to Amazon. But you said no. So Logan, you said, Logan, Sto- Logan Storley just doesn't have the uh, you said, resume, unfortunately, that to, to for me to 
give him a higher <laughs> ranking, but I think Logan Storley eventually will be easily a top 15 guy. He's no, not he's I'm, not he's not a fighter I want to watch, but just in terms of how good he is, yeah, he's um really good. He just doesn't have that win. And I have no issue with Amazov. The way the way Amazov just completely dominated Lima for five rounds, it was incredibly boring, but incredibly impressive. And um yeah, I think Amazov's that good. He's a boring guy. He that no one no promotion wants him as a champ. Unfortunately, he's just like that guy, but he's but that again, good. He's you're, if you're basing it, if you're basing it, and again, I'm, I'm not knocking. I think Logan Story is great. I'm, you said dominant. I'm saying he just had a split decision with Logan Story. That's not dominant. Yeah, it, but my point is, my point it is, is though, dom- it, it, it was a great it, fight. Like, it was a great fight against I, a great wrestler. And style wise, that was an incredibly tough fight for Amosov, and he still I won. Have, I have Amosov ranked eight. I could easily move him up to seven. I I probably should have flipped him and George Masvidal. That's my mistake because Masvidal's on more losses. But that's neither here nor there. That's one position. Masvidal hasn't beaten anybody but, worth shit in the division either. But Amosov <laughs> has, let's say, two quality wins, one being a split decision over Logan Storley, which I actually scored him losing in that fight, but that's, again, neither here nor there, a very close fight. Douglas Lima is, is a legit win. I'll give you that. Lima is a good win, but Lima a, is also— Incredibly good win. It is a good win, but outside of that, what else are we looking at? Eric Silva at whatever he's at now, thirty and unjuiced. Like we're we're, we're, look, mean, we're, we're we're looking at twenty six and zero. That's what we're looking but you're at. Looking, you're every looking at every time he shows up, he fights, he fights, and he wins against quality professional where's, fighters. Okay, where's Jason Reinhardt in your rankings though? Because he was like four, you know, at one point. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jason Reinhardt. Jason Reinhardt didn't defeat Douglas Lima. That's yeah, the thing. Has, but I'm they, saying he has Jason Reinhardt didn't defeat Logan Story. Didn't defeat a insane double yeah, I'm on Casey on that. I'm on Casey on this one because I think like wins like Lima. I think Edru's pretty good too. These are wins that validate the unbeaten. Like you're right. If it's just an unbeaten I'm record, you're saying, like okay, whatever. But I'm not he, saying Amazon doesn't deserve a top ten. I haven't ranked in the top ten. I could argue top five, six. But number two, you're gonna put him above Colby Covington. As much as we all may despise the guy. Taking, you know, Kamar Usman and, and splitting Kamar Usman rounds for 10 rounds against the best welterweight, best pound for pound fighter in the sport. Yes, he lost both fights. We all agree on that. But he's pushed Usman further than anybody else has in the UFC by a wide margin. Uh, Gilbert Burns actually has. Chel Sonnen pushed Anderson Silva. So? And Chel Sonnen was number two for the. And, and Chel Sonnen was it, number two that, in middleweight for a long time. Usman, Usman Covington are just exciting, uh, just an exciting match. And those guys fight well together. Gilbert Burns has legit wins, uh, good wins over legit welterweights, and you have him ranked below Douglas Lima and Amosov. I mean, okay, Leon Edwards okay. on the nine <laughs> fight. I mean, okay, okay, bump, bump, bump Lima out. Just bump Lima out. Bump Lima out. Yeah. Lima lost. Lima lost the page. Yeah, bump yeah. him out. Okay, okay. My bad. Bump him out. Bump him out. I'm sure, with Casey. I, I have Amazon four. I have Amazon four. Yeah. So I'm kind of yeah, with Casey. Yeah, yeah. I think he's really I, good. I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm high on Amazon. I'm a little high. I get I'm high on him yeah. because I I take I think it's so tough to show up consistently every night and not have an off night. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly incredibly impressive. And the way he did the Lima and the way he just dominated five rounds and made Lima look like an incredibly boring fighter when I think he's one of the most exciting, dangerous fighters in the world. I was just incredibly impressed. Bored out of my mind, but impressed. <laughs> I have to say, I the Amosov one is much, much, much more defensible to me than the Douglas Lima one. That was the big one to me. And I keep and I, and I keep saying, yeah. Hey, no, no, yeah. I keep and saying know, the Lima thing, Lima thing yeah. was a mistake. That, that would be corrected. And, and if, so nothing else, if nothing Sean, else, if nothing else. 
at least we got that See? from this. Yeah. That's Sean, it. wasn't That's this a great... You, you know, you're right. This was, was a great idea. See, I said a, a free exchange of grievances and also suggestions, <laughs> corrections. See, this is a family... This is what a family dinner should be like. You know, oh. I, I am looking at my rankings now. I am upset that I, I do have Masvidal that high. I think Masvidal should be lower oh. now. Yeah. Masvidal shouldn't be on the board, you losers. Oh, I'm going to yeah, reveal He's pretty a little high. bit of insight right. here, but no. me and Jed don't even have Masvidal on our can, list can, at this point. Can I Can I chime in? I haven't, I haven't spoken at all. Here. Oh, I haven't spoken at all. I was going to demand it, actually. You have him at seven. You have Masvidal at seven. Yes, and I'm not thrilled with that choice either, okay. but just kind of, <laughs> I mean, just kind of looking at how rankings work, that's why he's there, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just glad that three other folks, I believe three other folks, have jumped on board with having Douglas Lima outside of the top 15 at 170 mm. because yeah. mm. I remember getting attacked about that choice. Uh, slightly attacked, not as bad as Damon attacked me on other things, but I was, I was kind of beat up a little bit. I took a few, a few jabs, but, uh, I have a little sense of vindication on this, on this Tuesday as we record this. I like it. I like it. That's what we're Sh- here for. Good vibes. Sean, Good Sean vibes. do you mind, do you mind giving your turn to Mike to let Mike do a call out? Is well, that sorry, right? Actually, I, just, I believe I, it was Casey's turn, but Casey can Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Casey, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I thought you both oh, got called out. Is, 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 oh, it's my turn. My turn. Yay. Please, Casey, go um, ahead. Let's go for this. Uh, what did I write down real quick? Um, Shaheen. Okay, I'm going to oh, be the man. first to get two. All right. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's, not really a, it's not really a big whatever, but Neil Magny, number seven. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm happy to have the Neil Magny conversation. Let me pull this up. Unranked by me. Unranked by AK. Yeah, your AK rankings are trash. They are horrendous. Wait till I get to come at you, buddy. No respect for Michael Venom Page. The disrespect of Michael Venom Page needs to stop. The disrespect of Sean Brady. Oh, that's easy to explain. All right. Casey, I'm not going to lie. You called me on the right one because I just pulled up Neil Magny and his record, and I already feel silly because I do have him ranked above Michael Chiesa, who obviously just beat him uh, earlier this year. That is a bad one on me. Beat him well. Beat him well, yeah. Yeah. That is an oversight on me. I have Neil Magny at seven. Uh, That's probably too high. He needs to be somewhere around 10, 11. I don't know that that's the craziest one, but that's definitely... Yeah. I agree with you on that. But I have to say, the disrespect uh, for, for Neil Magny amongst this, a lot of people on this ranking panel, it blows my mind. This man is the most one of the most underrated fighters in this division. He has been for a long time. He takes on all comers. He, he fights everybody, and he wins almost all of his fights, except mm-hmm. for a very few of them. How all, uh, Some of you don't see him as a top 15 welterweight after the inc- insane activity and just, again, the, the willingness mm-hmm. to fight everybody and win most of these fights. Like How you don't see him as a top 15 welterweight right now blows me away. Agreed. I, I have him at number twelve. Um, I don't think and that feels Magni, right. That's around the yeah, right spot. Yeah, I, I think Magni. I've always said he's kind of that. He's like he's like the I don't know. You know the different level gatekeepers. He's that top ten gatekeepers. Not you don't to beat Magni. You don't necessarily fight for a title, but if you beat Magni, you're fighting one fight away from the title. I type. He's the he's that type of guy, and that's why I have him right outside the top ten. I'd really like um, to hear from AK about why he feels like Neil Magni isn't even a top fifteen fighter. Uh, and again, it has to do with really who's who he's behind. So Kiesa, so the thing is, it, it's where I moved Kesa because Kesa beat him. So obviously, I had to put him behind Kesa. Brady beat Kesa, so I had to put Kesa behind him. And Kesa is your last place, basically. Well, I dropped, I dropped, yes, I dropped Brady and Kesa down as opposed to just bumping uh, Brady up into Kesa's spot. I thought 
uh, we kind of talked this, about this on the first segment of the show, Sean, so I won't go over too much, but I did feel that Brady's win was good, uh, but not so much that it made him a top 10 fighter. So I bumped him behind a lot of, of, of veteran names, um, guys who I think are more sort of a little more exciting in the division, like Shamayev, uh, Ray Cooper right now, uh, Bala Muhammad. I think Bala Muhammad. I don't think it's anything wrong with putting him behind Bala Muhammad. So. Oh. It's. I think. I, I don't think it's difficult to explain it all. What is? What is? What is? What is Bilal done? Uh-huh. You have Michael Venom Page ranked tenth, AK. I'm just I saying. Because like, I had Lima in the top ten. He took. He took Lima's spot. I like that. I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't well, mind. Why that. does he? Why does he bump one spot? Like, how do you Who? have? How do you have Douglas Lima ranked higher than Sean Brady and Michael Kiesa? Why? Okay? What has Sean? What has Sean Brady done that Douglas Lima hasn't? I think uh, one fights. He's winning fights. <laughs> but, but your competition. Your competition. No, no. I. I don't. I think Doug Lima is still top fifty. I think Lima is still yeah. top fifteen. I think he's still top fifteen for sure. And yeah, I. I, I would pick. I, I could pick Douglas Lima. I could see Douglas Lima beating Sean Brady. I could see Sean Brady. Yeah. I don't know. These, I mean, that's what we're talking about. You know, they're different promotions. They, they have very few common opponents, so we don't have very much I to go pick, on. I would pick Neil Magny to beat Michael Venom Page tomorrow. I would put yep. money on Neil Magny to beat Michael okay, Venom Page fine. tomorrow. I agree. With that's that. fine. But but well, I had I, Lima I have I, Magny I put, above him. <laughs> I put I put Lima above Magny. Am I the highest and, 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 and MVP for me beat Lima. So I, I my, my math had to work out that way. I think I think Neil Magny's great. I just think it's unfortunate. Again, yeah, he's you know he had the lot the loss to Kiesa really screwed things up for him. Um, obviously he has a lot of good wins. And just your low opinion of Michael Kiesa. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Neil Magny. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's what screwed Neil Magny. <laughs> uh, but let's let's move on. Uh, wait, I, didn't, I, I don't get. Wait, we want to get one grievance. Is that it? We're, moving we're on? coming back around. We're co- this is oh, the right, first right, round. Right, all right. Yeah, um, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. It's to me, but Mike hasn't gone, and I would love to get yeah, Mike in he's here. The only so, one. Yeah, so Mike, please. please air some grievances. I mean, I'm just gonna go for the low hanging fruit right now. I, like I, I gave AK some other ideas, but I, I have to go back to Casey here because how dare you? <laughs> How Sweet. dare you rank Sergio Pettis higher than Rob Font? What in the blue hell is oh, the God. matter with you, Casey? Oh, oh, Defend Font yourself, oh, Defend yourself Casey. He def- Rob Font, he is Rob Font. Not Rob Font is not in his top five, which you know, whatever. But Sergio Pettis ranked above Rob Font. How dare you? Just for context, Casey has Sergio Pettis at six and Rob Font at seven, and that's the lowest okay. anybody has Rob Font. Okay, defend yourself. Uh, they fought three years ago. Pettis is a much better fighter now, and I feel I feel if they fought tomorrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just say? I, 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 what was that sound? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I spit on my coffee for a second. But I think I misheard what you said. He's a much better fighter now than he was then. Not a much better fighter than Rob Font. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I heard yeah, that. Did I? They, they fought three three years ago, and I feel Pettis has made vast improvements, and Font is Font's doing good. And um, yeah, he's well. I don't know. Wait, what do you want? What? I mean, he, if, 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 if Fonts, Fonts, what? Who did uh, Fonts beat? Wait, you just beat uh, Garbrandt, right? Garbrandt, who, uh, number thirty. Ricky Armorized. Simone. Ricky, Ricky Simone, Simone is a better win than anything Sergio Pettis has at bantamweight. Wait, 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 that's, that's what we're talking ridiculous. about. That's ridiculous. But that's, that's on, what I'm talking about. We're, we're talking about that's we're, ridiculous. We're, 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 that, well, that's what I mean. Like the whole Archuleta thing. There's we are putting no value in the the incredible win he, the five rounds he had over Archuleta, and yeah. you, we just put Ricky Preach. Simone. We just put Ricky Simone. Damn, you put Ricky Simone over Archuleta. Like like it was like 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 gospel. Like of course he, Ricky Simone's way better than Archuleta, which I find no. 
I don't know. And that's what, but Pettis and Font, they're, they're six and seven. I, I pretty much take all rankings has kind of a, you know, like a poll, like every ranking outside maybe the top fighter has a kind of a plus one or minus yeah, one. A little like, plus you, like, minus range where you, yeah, if like, it's like, in there, it works. Yeah, and, that, and that's what Pettis and Font are. Like, yeah, that's a very even matchup right now. Like, if Font was in Bellas right now, yeah, he would be fighting Horiguchi right now for the championship belt. Like, they're that they're kind of the same level, I put it like. So, I mean, now, if I had Pettis, you know, if I had Pettis, you know, four or five spots ahead of Font, yeah, you can, you know, you know wag your finger at me. But I think being one spot down is pretty, I think, I, I don't think it's obscene. That's all. I think it's egregious. Especially with Font having a dominant win over him. But I mean, there's there's other but, there's but, other but, things but, I could I but, could pick but, up. But, but, but I mean, yeah, Font's got I mean, I don't know. It's like let me see a good Fonts. Mm. And, and let's be fair Font, here. Casey, Font, Ka- I don't want to take yeah, Casey's turn. I don't want to take Casey's turn. Let's be fair here. Mike does have a New England bias. This is well known. <laughs> fair. Mike, you're my, Mike, you're my best friend. I wouldn't be saying this. This wasn't true. Uh, Calvin Cater, you have him at number six, hot, two spots higher than anyone else. And I'm just saying, these are your boys. Uh, you have a, you have a bias. You, you uh, these are these guys are also your your close friends. I believe you often say I am uh, I am your best friend along with Calvin Cater and Rob. <laughs> you, have, you, you, have Cater, you have Cater ranked the highest uh, along, uh, among two the whole staff, right? Yes, Cater two spots higher. I'm just saying, and he also has. Yeah. Font, I'm just saying there is a New England bias. So you know, let's just put it out there. I'm, I'm not taking you, your turn, Casey. Casey, you still get a call out. I'm not taking your yeah. turn, but I'm just want to. <laughs> sorry, no, no, it's, still Mike's, it's still Mike's turn. It's, hey, listen, no, no, it's not, no, it's, no, it's your turn, Casey. It's your turn, technically. After, after oh, me, having, me having Cater yeah, in that yeah. spot is it, it, there's more validity there than having right. Sergio Pettis ahead of Rob Font. Just throwing that it's out one, there. It, but go ahead. But, I, but like I said, every every Oof. spot, I think there's a there's <laughs> a plus side over, over there. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, it, so, so would everything be exactly the same for you if I had Pettis? Um, just font at number six and Pettis at number seven, just one spot difference. I mean, I, I could is, pick your enti- I could pick almost your entire top fifteen apart right here, oh but that goodness. one just go really stood out oh stood out to me. Juan Archuleta ranked higher than Marab Dewalish Willie. Are you crazy? <laughs> no. What? Marab Dewalish Willie with thirty twenty four Juan Archuleta tomorrow. <laughs> like how is that? Like how do you justify that? But I'm sorry. How do you justify uh, that? What are we basing that? That's what I mean. That, how Moran's got a better different. resume than Archuleta does. I mean, come on, man. Like, so, you, so you open the door. Uh, I didn't want Mike, to. Mike sounds no, like a disappointed father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> man. No, I, I, <laughs> I don't have issues. Like, yeah. All right. Valashili. Valashili. Like on. he he almost he almost got decapitated. He should have lost almost. To Marius, but he didn't. You know. But he didn't. And Archuleta had an incredible win streak. He fought an incredible fight against Patchy Mix, and he lost a competitive fight against Pettis. Right. I think uh, I think Devashili is a uh, he's an exciting you no know, grinder fighter, but you know, cool. <laughs> exciting I don't know. is maybe not what I'd call Devashili, but well, his last fight was damn exciting. Well, according to your Amazon, according to your Amazon description, Rob Wallace really should be the number two ranked bantamweight in the but, world right but, now. But, but Amazon hasn't taken that sort of beating to even get those W's. You know, he fought close. Like his Logan Story fight was a close competitive fight, but he didn't take he didn't he didn't have to come back from a seven ten round to win that card. Valashili did have to come back from a 7-10 round practically to win his fight against um, uh, Marias. That's that's why it's it's it's, it's not just the record; it's the, the how he won all those fights. He's won with dominance. That's and I like W's are W's, but W's are even bigger. Just how dominating you win those fights, and Armasov has just dominated his way to twenty six and zero. All right, I support. I'm, you, jump, Casey. I'm like jumping it. in here. I'm jumping in here because this is going to be a two hour pod if we okay. keep going. Yeah. But Casey should get to call someone out now. Yeah, it should no, be no. Casey's turn. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Calm down, AK. Okay. Uh, so that that 
that's the end of this first round here. <laughs> we have each of us have two of these. That's that's the first one for everybody. Right now, Mike is is chilling. He's the only one unscathed. Uh, it must be nice. Well, we, no, we I, called I said Kate, I called, we got, we, I called we got, him up for the New England bias. I want that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. There is a New uh, England, and he admitted to it. I want on record. So I let's, absolutely did not. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out, uh, Sean, edit that out of the final. Can you edit that out? Of the final? <laughs> I got you, Casey. The floor is now yours. You can make your second call out. I'm, I'm sure we're still all friends here. <laughs> um, this call out isn't really. I don't know if it's a call out, but. Where's the love for Anthony Johnson? Oh. That's all I'm saying. Where's the love for Anthony Johnson? So this is more of a universal call out. Yeah. I think I have Anthony Johnson ranked the highest at number 10. Um, so, am not I only, so not only do you have Anthony so Johnson many, 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 many ranked the highest. Many don't have Anthony Johnson ranked at all. So yes, that's where I was going. So not only do you have him ranked the highest, you only three people amongst the whole eight people panel have him ranked. I have him ranked and one other person has him ranked. I have him at 13, so I'm kind of in the same line as you there, Casey. But yeah, you're right, Steven no one has else, him at number 11, yeah. No one else thinks Rumble Johnson's a top 15 light heavyweight. That's an interesting observation. I have, I have no problem I know, I know, I know everyone's, and this is what everyone's gonna say. Someone we never heard of almost knocked him out. That's what we're gonna hear, no. right? No, that's, no, no. Okay, my, thing with, my, my, my thing with Anthony Johnson is that it's just that his his only win, yes, is over the guy who you know wasn't the most convincing win. He was out for five years. That's the biggest thing. Like he just hasn't done it. Like when Misha Tate came back and and at least got an established win over uh, you know again now bantamweight is not nearly as deep. Wait, we're saying that about light heavyweight because light heavyweight's not exactly the deepest division either. But uh, at least she came back, got a convincing win over Marion Renault, who is still at that point, I think, you know, whatever she was around that top 15 range. And we had a bigger body of work. Anthony Johnson's last big win. Yes, it was over Glover Teixeira. That's a great win, current UFC champion. But it was six years ago so or five years ago. So it's kind of harder. It's harder to justify that one as much because of time. So I absolutely, I'm 100% on the Anthony Rumble Johnson train. I love him. And I think if he goes out there, you know, I think if he's in shape and looks good, I think he can beat Demkov. He can beat, he can send Corey Anderson's head into the fourth row. I'm a big Anthony Rumble Johnson fan. It's just based on time off, like five years away. And his one win back was over kind of a no-name guy. That's my only issue. Otherwise, he goes out and beats anyone else. I'll definitely jump him into that, probably the top 10. Is that what everyone's pretty much on board with? I'm pretty much in the same boat. That I don't have an issue with you ranking him. I I mostly tried to cut it off at like three to four ish years in the past, just because it gets really muddled when you're talking about I mm. beat somebody seven years ago. But I don't have an issue with it if you want to. I just opted not to. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's turn back to where we started. AK, do you have a second oh. call out? Uh, I actually didn't because I kind of used I kind of used both. I did have two, but I kind of used my, the cater one. You know, getting just getting my best friend on record uh, again, whereas biases was uh, important for me. I will say quickly, and everyone, everyone, be nice. Since we're talking about the light heavyweights, everyone, and I, I read it again, be nice. Casey, <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but we do have to talk about uh, Izzy Adesanya at number uh, eight oh. at light heavyweight. Yeah, this has to be. I did not see that. Uh, no one <laughs> say, Casey, please state your case for this uh, placement. He fought a very competitive fight against the champ, just like I have Yair Rodriguez ranked in the top five when he wasn't. He was unranked before. But yeah, year has a but year, but yeah, year has a resume at one forty five. Yeah, you know, and so does Izzy. Not- and Izzy, Izzy has a competitive loss. Uh, what two judges have only losing the fight three uh, three rounds to two to um, a, a giant two hundred five in the small cage, and that was Izzy's first time at two hundred five. And uh, I think I just think Izzy's that talented, and uh, yeah, and that's why I have ranked at number eight. Uh, eventually, once once the time the whatever eighteen months. Uh, if he doesn't fight at light heavyweight again, I'll move him out of the rankings. But according to our criteria, um, he's fought. Uh, I think he's still he's fought he's fought at two hundred five in the last eighteen months, and that's why I have him uh, ranked there. Wait, so, so are you if, saying so wait, Izzy's so going to stay in your your light heavyweight rankings for the next basically year? Is, is that is, if that's how we do the rankings? But you're free to drop him out whenever you want. You don't have to keep him in for eighteen months. Like you're well, allowed I, to. I, I would no. I he's there. That's I, I mean I can take him out. I just uh, just to hook up. You no, know, I don't know. Hook up uh, Paul Craig, <laughs> but I don't know. But no, I but think like uh, Phil Davis. You don't think Phil Davis has done more at two hundred five than Izzy did in that one fight, or or you no. like? Okay, I, uh, I think just Izzy's performance and, and Izzy's dominance at eighty five carries over to two hundred five. Oh, um, yeah. This is where this is where resume has to matter. And rankings, that's what I mean. Like this, this is what rankings are. We're jump. We're, we're this is just very subjective. You know, subjective. I think. Damon, don't talk about resume has to matter <laughs> when Peter Yan's decision win is somehow better over Corey Sanhagen. Oh God, what's happening right now? Just what's shorting happening? him in ninety seconds. <laughs> Whoa, drive by. Nonsense, I mean, Casey. <laughs> Casey, you keep living your life, buddy. I support yeah. any of these choices from you. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like, so, like, well, we have, you know, we have, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I get it's weird. He's only fought one time at two hundred five, but it's within eighteen months. It was for the championship fight and a competitive fight, and yeah. If you know, if is you no, know, if Jan want to smoke him and just you know, you know, whatever, then yeah, I was like, ah, okay, is he's not even a top fifteen, you know, two hundred five er, but I just don't think that's true. All right, Jed. Let's bring in. What's your next call? Uh, I have two. I want to go with this one and we'll see if we have time for the second one. Damon, let's talk. And this isn't just Damon. Oh, here we go. Here Uh, we go. This could be, could be Mike or, or, uh, Steven's not on the call. Um, (laughs) 
AK, even you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What resume matters, as Damon so eloquently just established, can <laughs> somebody explain to me in the heavyweight division what one Ryan Bader has done to merit being ranked 10th um, or at all? Because he's fought three, four times in the one over King Mo, great heavyweight win. Uh, yeah. Matt Mitrione, <laughs> uh, Fedor, Fedor, not Fedor in 2006, mind you, mm-hmm. 2019 Fedor, and a no contest with Czech Congo. He has not competed in the division in almost three years. Uh, <laughs> someone tell me why he's got a heavyweight number. Uh, I would love to hear a good answer other than I just copy and paste it because that's an okay answer. I'll take that I'll, one. I'll, okay. give you, I'll give you the, it's been, I'll give you, it's been a long time, but how many times did he get hit in any of those fights you just, the, the, the heavyweight fights you just mentioned? How many times did he get hit? I don't, I don't know. I cannot I'll remember tell you, it's that easy. far it's an easy, back it's in it's my an, memory. It's an, it's an easy answer. Zero, zero times. Zero oh, times. Oh. He fought Fedor, Mitrion, King Mo, and did not get hit once. Uh, that's what a good. resume. What a resume. Yeah, that <laughs> is a pretty imp- – I agree. That is a pretty impressive resume. I mean, if you want to say a guy fighting three, like, heavyweights and not getting hit once is not impressive. Okay, let's I not mean, act like King Mo's a heavyweight. Come on now. Yeah, what what we, I mean, the fight was here. that heavyweight. The fight was – again, we've already just – we, 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 okay. I mean, The fight was that heavyweight. Damon, let's get Damon in here because Damon has – Damon has Ryan Bader highest Bader of anybody. Highest. Yeah, well, hold on. Then how? Hold, number 10, hold on. You, you, hold on. Arjun Bular. So Arjun Bular has done more. Arjun Bular has done more heavyweight yeah. apparently than Ryan Bader. That's right. what I'm hearing. That's what I'm just just yes. to provide some context for the listeners, Damon has Ryan Bader number ten on his heavyweight rankings. That is the highest of anybody at heavyweight, or of anyone from Ryan Bader, I should say. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple of things. I mean, yes, Ryan Bader has, you know, Ryan Bader, his last three fights have been at light heavyweight. Okay, fine. I get that. But overall resume of what he's done, especially the, the knockout over Fedor, Fedor just coming back, having a, a, a quality win over a good guy in Tim Johnson matters. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that he's truly the 10th best heavyweight in the world. The problem is, and (laughs) Ryan Bader is Ryan Bader is succeeding because other people aren't. And what I mean by that is there's just (laughs) not a lot of depth at heavyweight. I mean, I have Alistair Overing ranked 11. I don't know that. Is he really the 11th best heavyweight? Tom Aspinall is probably the guy that has the biggest chance to jump. He just, he's just got to fight a couple more guys with, with name value to to get in there. Moldovsky, you know, again, same kind of, I've got Fedor ranked 15th. I love Fedor. I'm the biggest Fedor fan ever but Fedor's really not the 15th best heavyweight the problem is there's no one else to rank uh, so, so here's that's my why question. Ryan, ba- Ryan Bader is 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 succeeding because others are failing <laughs> Uh, I totally get that, and that's a good answer. My major question is this, and this isn't just to you, Damon, but kind of holistically for all of us. Like, if Bader never goes back up, technically, according to our rules, because he at one point fought at heavyweight uh, and was ranked, we can keep ranking him there in perpetuity if he just fights at light heavyweight. But he hasn't fought at heavyweight in three years, and to the best of my knowledge, he's not planning on doing that anytime soon either. So, like... From a from a logistics standpoint, we should probably not allow him to be ranked at heavyweight. But hmm. if well, he we is the current heavyweight to, champion of Bellator, that's, that's so it's the, a very that's the weird, weird situation. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that's is, the that the only, thing. is that the only reason people are ranking Bader? Because well, he's I didn't, still rank, him. I didn't rank him, so I can't yeah, say. But I, yeah, I, I took him out of the rankings simply because of the uh, it's been three years. Sure, I mean, but there's he, clearly the intent. 
The fact that he has the belt signals the intention that he will fight at heavyweight. Now, if he doesn't, they should strip this on belt. Just, yeah. I know, I'm not saying, and I'm saying you don't have to. I do care. So you don't have to care. I'm not saying any of you have to care. But you asked for a reason. Why? Why do we think like, oh, is there a chance he'll fight at heavyweight again? He's literally is their heavyweight champion. So you can ignore that. Okay, That's but, fine. So I'm not gonna. I'm my, not gonna go full Casey with like I just left Bader in there like Lima. I'm not gonna go full on that. <laughs> but I am. I am. I am gonna go Jazzy Shoes a little bit. I kind of just left him there because I'm not gonna lie. My heavyweight. <laughs> rankings for this month 100 truth and honesty i copied and pasted because nothing really happened in the division sure. this month like no one fought and won so i literally just copied and pasted and i was like oh yeah i have him at 10th is he really 10th probably not but eh, i don't know is, is augusta sakai is you know tom aspinall is the one guy i would argue is probably better than i have you know i have him at, at 13 mostly just because he hasn't had a lot of you know re- he's a, i think he's a tremendous prospect he just hasn't had like the, the, the resume, the resume thing now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I, I, I can, I can, I can take the bullet on Ryan Bader because he's probably not the top ten heavyweight. But I fully admit I copied and pasted from last month's rankings because nothing <laughs> happened to heavyweights. I, right. I respect the honesty, Damon. There we I go. Appreciate it. I love it. I love it. Hey, I started being great. honest first. <laughs> Casey did start. Yeah. Sure, sure. You I get credit for being honest. You honesty, hipster, you honesty hipster, Casey. Thank you. Thank um, you. Like Mike. I was waiting to honesty before everyone else was. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on, I'll be honest about that. Nothing happened heavyweight, so it's just like copy paste. <laughs> so, Can I fight uh, Mike? Is it my, let's let's yeah. Is it my, let's oh, circle. Is it is it, oh, is it my Dave, turn now? Have you it done two turn, already, Brandon. Damon? No, I have not. All right, I have not. I sort, I, this is gonna be this is this is gonna be a short one because I already kind of brought it up, but it was with someone else's topic, so I didn't want to steal their thunder. Uh, Alexander K. Lee, uh-huh. can we go back to you having Michael <laughs> Venom Page at number yeah. ten in the welterweight yeah. rankings <laughs> sure. and Douglas Lima at number eleven off three straight losses? Listen, uh-huh. I've said this numerous times. I don't. I don't think Michael Venom Page is a terrible fighter. But he, his resume is one good win. And if you want to say Paul Daly, okay, I like Paul Daly very much. That was a god-awful fight. It's just a bizarre uh, fight. How is he? How is Michael Venom Page better than Ray Cooper, who actually has a pretty good resume now when you think about what he just did in the PFL considering the win over Rory McDonald? Bilal Muhammad, okay, we're going to argue about Bilal. What has he really done? Sean Brady and Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa... I mean, good lord! You're gonna tell me right now, Michael Venom Page has a better resume than those guys, really? I like, I like the twenty and one. I like the number. I like the win over Lima. Who was that? Here's the thing: is like I said, I had Lima. I, I stand by Lima being Lima being above those guys you mentioned. So if I, I think MV, I like so, that. so if I yeah. think MVP is better than him, then I have to put him above Lima. I can't. I cannot drop them. The, the other option would have been to drop them if, because uh, uh, MVP beat him and then drop them. But uh, but I thought that like like I said, I think MVP is better than people think. It's not his fault. He's had some like last minute opponent uh, opponent changes. Yes, he has a super soft schedule. There's no question. But I like the Paul Daly win. I like the Derek Anderson win. Um, some of his other names certainly whatever I could do without. But. I have no issue with him. Like I do think I, I put it. I th- I would put him above Ray Cooper right now. Um, and I'm really impressed with Ray Cooper. Ray Cooper is my number twelve, so I have them in the, in this cluster. So I mean, ten is it, it's 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 high. It's high. It's higher than anyone else has him. But I think it's defensible because you ask how many wins he has, and I'd also ask like I'd also say, well, how many losses does he have? How many bad losses? We don't know. We he has one literally one loss on his resume. 
we don't know if he really is like outclass, like if he really would be outclassed. Everyone thinks so, but there's just been no evidence of it yet. And real quick, can we stop saying the three st- three straight losses? Because we're talking about divisional rankings. Thank he you. only has two straight losses in divisional rankings. And even if he lost to Musashi at 185, he lost to Musashi at 185. We're not talking about that. We're not. We're not. You just said. You just said Izzy. You're giving Izzy a ranking at light heavyweight because of what he's done at middleweight. You just said that two seconds ago. You said, well, Izzy's resume in middleweight combined yeah. with the close fight with Blahovich, if his middleweight wins count towards light heavyweight, where he's currently well, you, you, you 0-1, keep by saying, the way. You keep saying, saying three-fight loss. It's like, we're not talking well, no. about... That's what I'm talking about. Like we're talking about He's not on three-fight losing streak at welterweight. That's all. And, and even, the, even, count, even, the, even the count of the losses, how much are you going to penalize someone for losing to Masasi and Amasov? What like he he gets hurt like he gets he, he lost two championship he, fights he he plummets down the rankings because he lost to Musasi and Amasov like I think that's absurd like I'm not I, I'm not saying but I'm saying my I'm not I'm not even bringing that we're going back to Douglas Lima here I'm talking about Michael Venom Page his one win his one quality win is over Douglas Lima the guy does not have a resume much like, I mean good look at look at the he's look twenty at the and look. Well, has he not Lima has only lost championship fights. He lost yeah. a, a top and, ten and, Roy and, McDonald. He lost to a top a top Amosov. He lost to a top ranked middleweight. I yeah, mean, so, I, and like I said, I are, I either have to drop both of them behind some of the guys you mentioned, which I don't feel I'd need to. I I think that, that Lima still has a strong enough case, and I think Page showed enough in the in the second fight. It's a super boring fight. Don't get me wrong, uh, where almost nothing happened, but he won the fight. I agree with the judge or not. He did win the fight. Um, I think I did score for Page, uh, and I said it was not a robbery. Agree with the judges or not? Then why is Peter Yan behind Aljo in your rankings? (laughs) Don't say stuff like that if you're going to keep doing that. Ak, hold on. Maybe if you, maybe if you, hold on, Jed. Listen, we explained this multiple. We explained this last month. We explained it on this show. Aljamain Sterling is not going to hold the top spot hostage for the next eight months. Exactly. Enough. Aren't you a lawyer? Well, aren't, aren't you in law? Aren't you, aren't you <laughs> a good memory? Like, we covered this twice. We need we to move on because twice. I haven't heard Mike's, heck, Mike Heck's voice yeah, in way please. too long. Yeah, and I, I, I miss hearing his voice. He's and I need to know. For Mike. I need to know what Mike's second Bring call it, out Jed, is. Bring it, Jed, so you give me a reason. I don't want, like, any sympathy sympathy uh, call out. So give me a reason, Jed. Oh, Lord. Mike. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, we've talked, we haven't talked any about the women's rankings, uh, and I'd like us to all turn our attention to the Bantamweights, <laughs> because I think this must just be an oversight. I think that that's the only explanation, which is totally cool. Uh, you, you're not the only one who did it either, but Raquel Pennington, uh, we all hate her now, apparently, because many people have her ranked just on the edge of the top 10, several spots behind Alrina Aldana, who, if we all recall... Pennington has victory over. Now, maybe you don't think it. It was a split decision, and I'm still not sure whether results matter or not. But Pennington has only lost to Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, and Amanda Nunes, the consensus top three fighters in the division. And so, Mike, if you could explain why Pennington is so far behind Aldana, who, even if you think Pennington lost that fight, it was a, a competitive fight and feels like she should maybe be getting a little more love than ninth. I mean, listen, I think it's tomato, tomato, man. I think you could plus one, minus one, half of these women at this point. Like even the, even the top five, you could insert. I'm not talking to plus one, I'm talking to plus five. It's, I (laughs) mean, listen, it's, listen, it's, it's so interchangeable if we're being honest. Jed, you have Pennington the highest of anybody just for context for the, I also, no, I also have have You have her at number four. AK also has her at number four. Everyone else kind of has it in that five, six, seven range. Yeah, so it, she, she's, she's coming off a competitive victory 
uh, over Panny, which is a good, which is a nice win. She was out for a while. Um, so I, that was a nice thing to come back to. I think she jumped up a few spots in my rankings, if memory serves me correctly, uh, from before, because that fight was in October, I believe. So yeah, she she had the pertinent jump up after a long time out. Uh, that, was a, that was a good win for her against a surging opponent. So she jumped up probably five or six spots in my rankings. Uh, Aldana came back and got a win too. So I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from. I'm not going to, it's definitely not something I'm going to sit here and dig my feet into the sand and be like, Jed, you're an idiot because you're really not. If you want to rank Raquel Pennington fourth, I got no issue with you. If you want to rank her tw- 11th or 12th, I got no issue with you. Like I have her kind of right in the middle of those. I have her in the top 10. I have her at number nine. She's fighting Julia Avila. If I, I, I think she probably will win, but could have some problems, especially out in space if she can't get a hold of Julia Avila early. So yeah, I, I I think ranking her in the top 10 based on the last three years of her line of work, I think that's a fair ranking. I don't think there's anything truly wrong with that. Do you think it's fair to have like Aldana ahead of her? I like it, Mike. Like it, Mike. Do you think it's fair to have Aldana ahead of her? Right now? Sure. I mean, yeah, she got despite, bolted by Holly Holm. I'll give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. She got bolted by Holly Holm, but that's just the state of the division right now. Like at this moment, I just feel like Arena Aldana is a little bit better than Raquel Pennington. Just right this second, I, I feel like again, the last few lines of work, Aldana's hasn't been incredible, much more active than Raquel Pennington, but she's mm-hmm. had some pretty good wins, some pretty good finishes under her belt. She was very cl- if she didn't take the Holly Holm fight, she would have been fighting for the title. Yeah. So I think having her, I, I don't, th- I don't think there's anything terribly wrong, especially at I women's one thirty-five with her being four spots higher than Raquel Pennington. It's not like, it's not like but I have Pennington at fifteen her. and Aldana. Uh, Two that that, I mean, that would be way more egregious. No, I I agree with you here, Mike. It feels like at women's bantamweight, outside of the top three, which everybody has the exact same top three of Nunes, GDR, and then home. Outside of that, it's really a nebulous cluster of anything, right? Like you could go plus I, I minus think, two on anything. I think I think four through ten. Yeah, I think yeah, I think four I through ten are bigger, interchangeable. I have a much bigger problem. I have a much bigger problem with Mike having Juliana Pena ranked at number four with her one convincing win over Sarah McMahon. Uh, and her two and two record in the division uh, being number four, I have her ranked lower than anybody, and I still don't understand how anyone has Juliana Pena ranked that high. Because that division sucks, dude. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> that's it's the horrible. Answer. That's the answer. But I mean, that's literally it. I wish I, I, four. I have her at five. So what? It's, it's, Who it's gives a, a weird shit? division. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> division shit. sucks. It sucks. Oh, it sucks. She's two and two in her last four fights. I just don't understand. Anyway, I just co- don't understand her, it's her competition. She's lost against JDR, GDR, sorry, GDR, and Valentina. I mean, the GOAT and someone in the top three. She hasn't lost. But there's two out of three thing. Yeah, we can say, yeah, there's two out of three, but it's competition. And I, I have again, no issue with Pena that I. It's, yeah, not like, I it's not like either of those losses were, you know, she lost. She got submitted in both fights. It's not like they were split decisions. That, and Sarah McMahon, I like Sarah McMahon very much, but again, she's not, you know, she's never quite developed into what we all thought maybe she would be. I'm Again, I don't want to take this conversation away. I just, I have a much bigger problem with Pena being ranked. Uh, you have ranked number four, Mike. Uh, and, uh, you know, above, again, like Irene Aldana, who I believe has bigger wins in recent years. Uh, you know, you have, although you have Sarah McMahon at number six, which again, whole other conversation. So yeah, well, yeah. I just have a big issue with your bantamweight rankings. Mike's yeah, taking it. Mike's taking it from all sides right now. Let's let Mike <laughs> return fine. fire a little bit. 
we have two call outs. We have two call outs left to do. So Mike, Mike go ahead I, with your I second support, one. I support your rankings, Mike. I support you. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in big trouble now. No, I'm just kidding. Casey, I love you. Um, <laughs> you know what? As I told AK, and I'll, I'll put this out there because I didn't really feel, I, I, did, I had some issues. I didn't have a lot of like egregious issues with a lot of your rankings. I, I support you in the way you all think and the way you guys apply stuff for the most part. Uh, so I, I just want to know, this isn't even a, a <laughs> grievance or a call out of some sort, but it's going to be a, a double call out because two of you have done this and I want to know why. Sean, Casey, okay. Yuri yeah. Prohashka, the number one light heavyweight in the world. I like watching <laughs> Yuri Prohashka fight. Woo. The dude is a ninja. He is must-see TV. But ranking him above Glover Teixeira, especially in Yuri, great win over Dominic Reyes. But let's not forget that Dominic Reyes easily took Yuri down, easily mounted him. Yes, Yuri got back up and finished the fight, but you do realize that if Glover Teixeira gets him in any kind of position like that, he's getting put to sleep, right? Explain yourselves. I'm not mad at it. I love Yuri. He's so. If you give me one fighter to watch, Yuri's probably the guy. But the number one 205-er on planet Earth... I just have to know why. Well, so, so my, let me my, let me jump oh, in sorry, here you go, real quick. Go let me jump in. Because we talked about this last month, so I don't want to relitigate it two months. But I do, right now, light heavyweight is such a weird division, right? Because you look at Glover Teixeira, I think we can all agree, as much as we like Glover Teixeira, and as much as that story is incredible, and to me, outside of a Michael Bisbing type of thing, that's one of the best stories I've ever seen in this sport, is what that guy was able to do this late in his career. That being said, I think we can look down the ranks of light heavyweight and all individually pick out at least four to five guys we would favor to beat Glover Teixeira if they fought tomorrow. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. At least two or three, regardless. Two or three guys that we could. And to me, if it, I, the way I'm sort of looking at this division now that it's been blown open in this very strange way is who do would I favor to beat any other light heavyweight on the planet at this particular moment. And to me, that's Jiri. And maybe that's not the right way to look at it. And, and, you know, he has, he does have a good resume, but it is somewhat, he is somewhat untested against a lot of these other guys. So, hey, I'll, I'm willing to admit that that's a bad one or maybe not a bad one, but an iffy one. But to me, I just feel so strongly that when they do fight, Yuri will be the favorite. And I think he's going to win that fight very decisively. And so this is maybe a little bit of a prediction on my end, a little forecast on my end with this ranking. And when you when you talked about what, what you say, Prohaska got taken down by who? Who you were talking about? Reyes. Dominic Reyes. Saying, and mounted. Yeah, well, because they're different fights. That's why. Prohaska, him get him. He can fight a different style. Where if he gets taken down by Reyes, he's confident that he will get up, which is what he did. Now, if he fights someone like Glover, you have to. He has to have a much more cautious striking style. So your strategy would change. So he would be, you know, fighting, you know. Basically, his striking would be probably more limited um, because, you know, of the threat to take down. So that's why that's why I don't care if he got taken down because he he eventually murdered the man. Yeah. And took and took and took, and took right, no damage and took no damage. So it doesn't matter if he got taken down. So but you're, what? you're telling the, me the, that the, a guy like Yuri Prohashka is going to sit there and and have a chess match with Glover Teixeira when they actually fight. I don't buy it. No, I think that I, guy, actually think, I, I, I think he's going to win extremely decisively. Like, I think I, it's going to be somewhat I, brutal I, to watch. I buy it. I buy it. I, I understand by it. Yeah. He, that's why I'm ranked number one. He he is. What was it? Um, chaos, chaos, chaos. Did you see the clip? Chaos MMA's chess, man. Something, you know, pawns or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so we should Something's expect pawns. a Yuri Prohashka five round unanimous decision chess match. <laughs> 
win to Always. become the new champion. Yeah. Always to put your money Basically. on Yuri Prohoshkovod decision. <laughs> it, yeah. That division is just such a weird case, man. It's, it, I, it is. I don't have a problem, like a huge issue with it, but I'm curious. And then, and for me, I will say the Nemkov win is big too. To to throw that in there on the resume, Nemkov's win, and, and it was a while back. I don't put too much weight in that. It was it was a close fight, um, but like I said, beginning, I believe all these rankings, especially in two hundred five, everything is kind of a plus or minus one. You know, like yeah, you put Glover at one. You know, it's like I I didn't put Glover at four or five. I put him at number two. You know, so that's all. He's he's only one down. It's, it's like the font, you know, the font pedestal thing. It's like he's, they're not, they're not like they're not, they're not on different charts or anything. They're just one apart. That's all. Last one of the day. I, I feel I feel very good that we're still a tight knit family here. This isn't gotten too <laughs> off the rails. Hopefully nobody feels <laughs> feeling too bad, feeling too type Are of way this sure? Well, and I hate to, to follow that up by saying I know you just defended me, Casey, but my last one is <laughs> is towards you. Uh, and I just have to know, and you don't have to go into detail about it, really. But is Ryan better? Ryan Bader. We're revisiting the Ryan Bader thing, but is Ryan Bader really the thirteenth best? male fighter in the world on your pound for pound list what 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 i think he is but i think i think he is but i think he would lose his next i think he's definitely his that prime that he hit in uh in bellator um at 205 and heavyweight i think he's past that i think we're on the back end of his career and um the 13th best fighter in the world though Oh, oh, we're talking pound for pound. Pound for pound. Like, oh, you pound have pound. him at sixth at light heavyweight oh, and 13th look. at pound for pound. That's insane. Well, pound for pound, because I, 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 I put a lot. I put a lot. Honestly, I don't understand what the hell pound for pound means, because it, to me, you have to fight multiple. <laughs> yeah. This is another discussion, fight, for sure. You have to fight multiple weight classes, and I put a lot of weight in multiple weight classes. I put a lot of weight in him holding Matt Mitrione down, who weighed 90 pounds more. And Matt Mitrione, you know, talk all the crap you want about him. He's still a tough, durable, mean, strong fighter. And he was able to control him for, what, three rounds or whatever. And, you know, he fought King Mo. King Mo might not have been, you no know, the you no know, the bee's knees at the time, but it's still freaking King Mo. You know, he still beat Fedor at, at, heavier weight, at a heavier weight class. That's still impressive, and that's why I put him in the pound for pound. That's all. Casey has a much more egregious pound-for-pound pound failing, by the way. <laughs> Corey Anderson is his 20th, and Corey Anderson is his fifth-ranked light heavyweight, ahead well, of Bader, though even but, taking but, with the Bader be, multiple because Corey, because, 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 because Corey has no bad losses, and he has a fall, heavyweight. That's all. I, no, I put uh, more weight in like guys Corey fighting did more weight. out Ryan Bader. No, my, my bigger question is why yeah. is Corey Anderson on this at all? And certainly there are you have four light heavyweights ahead of him in the light heavyweight ranking, and you only have Nimkov <laughs> in your pound for pound ranking. Like I I get I it, it's twenty who really cares at true. that point. But there's no world in which Corey Anderson is even like the fiftieth best male fighter <laughs> in the world, much less top twenty. That's insane to me. I don't think it's insane, but also I have no idea what pound for pound means. I have I, no idea what it means. I've been working. I've been working in MMA for fifteen, seventeen years now. I have no idea what pound for pound means. I'm just going to throw that out a definition there. and Corey Anderson isn't in the top twenty of it though. <laughs> well, well, right now, he he's, a, he's, a, he's a he's a top he's a top five light heavyweight. He he beat the crap out of the UFC champ just a few years ago. So. You know, he, I do have to say he, now that I'm looking at this again, I almost think that having you having Francis Ngannou at number nine when everybody else has him lowest <laughs> four, like that might be actually the one I should have called out. But 
I didn't need but, that's but, either but, here nor there. But, but, that's either here nor like, there. I was always told pound for pound, like you don't even include heavyweights, really. It's pound for pounds are all about the smaller weight classes. Cause I, I kind of learned mm-hmm. it from how boxing does pound for pound. Boxing doesn't really even really even include heavyweights in their pound for pounds, do they? Yeah, they do. I'm sure yeah, like, and Furies and rings, but I don't know what I haven't looked at ring in a while. All right. Well, that's why I put pound for pound. If Nagano weighed two hundred and six pounds, I'll put have him higher. But he's a solid two fifty or something. So I, I'm literally going pound for pound. That's I'm, I, I'm taking it's, it literally. It's such disrespect for Aljamain <laughs> Sterling. No, look at this. You got Jan. You got we are Aldo, Sergio Aljamain Pettis, Sterling. all ranked, uh, it, all on the top twenty pound for pound, but no Aljo. My At car all. company that hates Aljamain Sterling, apparently. <laughs> and I get yelled at when I point out that we have nothing but disrespect for the fuck master. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's close things out here. We are done with the airing of grievances. First <laughs> annual airing of grievances, maybe the last one. I'm not sure if we'll ever do that again. Uh, but let's let's co- close our show out here today by bringing it all in together. One big happy family. One big round temple question just to send us off. Oh, End of the year question. Looking forward ahead to 2022. Obviously, the next ranking show we do will be in January 2022. This is the last time you'll hear from us this year. Gentlemen, just one word answer. You don't even need to go into it. But if you had to pick one fighter right now who's either maybe unranked on your rankings or low on your rankings or anything like that on the peripheral, however you want to look at it, who do you feel like will have made the biggest jump in the rankings once we reconvene here in this space next year? And let's start with AK. Sean Brady. Ooh. Okay. Jed. Nice. Easily for me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick in the welterweight division. Hamza Chemaev. Ooh. Damon? Going to be the champ. 100% Hamza Chemaev for me. Wow. Mike? I'm going to say Arman Sarukian. Whoa. Nice. I That's like it. One. That's a good name. I like that. Casey? Oh, man. Um... Tyler Santos. Ooh. Also good. She might be fighting for a title in her next fight. Tyler Santos. We talked I'm, about this yeah. earlier. Uh, for me, I got to agree with, I think, what the, the majority is here and go with Hamza Shemaev. It just feels like that welterweight division, something's about to happen. I also want to throw out next year, next year, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to do the whole Boston thing because I have trained of the gentleman, but um, not quite Santos level, but I think Aaron Pico. 2022 that's going to be this is going to be is it the time is it finally the is time, time? cuz i believe aj will go up to 55 and then yeah that's all i noticed i noticed you sprinkled in a little vote for him there you thought we wouldn't catch that a little you sprinkled in a little pico vote 15, for the end of the year you're, you're, yeah. you're plant you're planting the pico seeds for uh, yeah. for next year when they will sprout it will sprout into yeah. a top 10 ranking <laughs> i gave i gave pico consideration for ranking but Same. i mean it's just more of his competition 135 hey. is just an insane Hey, only only one guy stacked. only one guy sprinkled only one guy sprinkled it was Casey Lydon all right I'm just saying <laughs> I need I need you one more consider all you Pico want and then we can talk yeah I, 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 like, I, I, get I that. like Aaron Pico very much I like him I think he's a beast and I think he's finally yeah. got things figured out well gentlemen this was a ton of fun I appreciate you all for for hopping on spending this time together being willing to do this uh, and mm-hmm. being willing to put yourself out here like this this rankings experience has been a lot of fun to do with you guys over the last half year and I can't wait to do it even more and dive even further into this in 2022 I hope everyone out there listening enjoyed this I hope you guys have a wonderful December a great <laughs> holiday season hope you and yours uh, all, all everything good happens to, to all you guys out there we love you guys you guys make all this worthwhile 
Uh, happy holidays. This has been the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. My name is Sean O'Shaughnessy. That man is Alexander Kaylee. And for the whole crew, Jed Mashu, Damon Martin, Mike Heck, E. Casey Layden, and the two gentlemen who couldn't be here today, Guillermo Cruz and Stephen Morocco, along with the whole rest of the MMA Fighting family, we wish you guys happy holidays. Hope you guys have a great rest of December, and we'll see you soon. I love you guys. I love all, I love I love all you guys so much. I, just want, you, I want that to be a real message here. You know what? That for all the ways you said we're gonna be mad. Actually, you know what? I figured out that I have Ryan Bader ranked ranked way too high, and I shouldn't copy and paste my rankings. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.